Right. <laughs> I am with Chichi. Meha. Meha, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, okay just uh, okay, Chichi is um let me not put in a description on our relationships. But um yeah, acquaintance. Acquaintance of mine. <laughs> um yeah, we've worked a lot in, in many things and um um uh, it's a privilege to have you. And uh, please just uh, introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, as, as you've said, I'm Chichi Mwecha. And I am, I'm relatively a local girl. I come from Plittenberg Bay. And I'm fully based in Cape Town. And I'm your acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... So we're going to be chatting about uh, all things law again. And um, your your kind of law is a bit different from the case that I had earlier on. Yes. He was um, he was a defense... Advocate, I think. Is it defense? Is the one that, that defends yes. people who are... Is yes. it defense, right? Yes. Oh, okay, yes. So I had a defense guy, right? So I just want you to just uh, uh, maybe just to... Uh, unpack what you do um, exactly, mm-hmm. then we can just get into the gist of it. What you yeah. do? So I'm I'm admitted. I'm an admitted attorney, and I've been in practice for close to seven years now. Um, I studied a law degree, graduated, and then I did my lawyer training. And after that, I wrote exams, and then I and then I went and. Um, did my oath affirmation in 2018, and um, I'm actually a corporate lawyer. So uh, basically, it's different from, I would say, it's different from criminal law, it's different from administrative law. Uh, Corporate law is basically the law that regulates entities or companies, how they are formed, how they are managed, how they function. And it also regulates the rights and relationships of the people that own and and manage them. So, in a nutshell, I would say that's that's what I do. Beautiful stuff. Let's start from the beginning. When do you start loving law? Yeah. So I was a waitress for about seven years when I was a teenager. So one time I had a night shift and I picked up a book at this restaurant where I used to work in. It was a book written by John Grisham. Uh, Many legal readers will know him, John Grisham. And after reading that book, I fell in love with just the legal industry and how things were done. Um, I fell in love with litigation at the time. So that was around 2006, 2007. And it was exactly the right time for me to apply um, to university to study law. So that's that's when I fell in love with the legal profession altogether. Was it was it a book or was it an article? It was a book. Book book. Yes, the testament. Okay, it's called the testament. <laughs> it's called the testament. Nice. Yeah. What, what what is it about? Oh my gosh, it was about um, this rich guy um, who had. I think he had around three to four wives. He had a few wives. He had a few children. So none of them were grateful. And um, so what he had done, he drafted a will, which made little to no sense because he had many tasks and challenges for his children in order for them to inherit. So what he did, he made an agreement with um, his butler to say, okay, fine, this is what I want to do. This is, I'm going to kill myself, um, but this is the will you must make sure that they go through these challenges and these steps in order for them to get something from the estate. Beautiful. And um, so obviously the first thing that the kids would want to do is to run to court and to fight the will and say, this doesn't make sense. Um, He had lost his mind. He was not okay by that time. I mean, look, he killed himself and all of that. Um, But I fell in love with with the legal protection. The reason I'm, I'm saying beautiful, I'm not sure if you have washed knives out. No, I haven't. I will, I will, I will plug you out uh, with the <laughs> Knives Out. Check Knives Out. Similar storyline. Um, it's called Knives Out. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite movies because of how it, it engages you um, uh, in terms of the storyline. Exactly. Finding different characters. All the different children, they have different characters. Hectic. And they're kind of like fighting towards getting this inheritance. Wow. It's something similar to that. 
there's a high possibility that it might be the spin off yeah, <laughs> yeah high definitely. possibility yeah. yes it's, it's it's a very nice um uh movie so mm. so so that sparked you wanting to do law absolutely and absolutely. Uh, so when so when you said you applied for law now right yeah uh through your maybe describe your journey on and when you're studying law, what what is it that stood out? What was a sure, big shocker? Sure. You're like, oh, <laughs> it was very clima. emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it was sure. absolutely very emotional. Yeah, um, yeah. So I got in. So when I went in, I went in thinking that I'm going to be this big human rights lawyer. I'm going to work for the UN. I'm going to fight for people's rights, the children in Somalia, all of that. So I was all about that when I started. So I get in and I did get a bit of a culture shock um, because I come from a small town and most of the people that I went to school with looked like me, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of a culture shock because there were different people. There were old people in my class. Mm. There were old, like, grannies and grandpas in my class, and it didn't wow. make sense. Mm-hmm. It didn't make no sense for me, so that, there was a culture shock for that. And then, um, and then after some time, I think within my, yeah, in my third year of studies, I started studying um, company law. Okay. And I remember my first two, I think the second lecture um, for company law where I was just blown away. And I, I, I decided, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be a human rights lawyer when I can do this for the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah. Um, it's, it's even how, sh- how the lecturer taught it. Um, it. It was just so amazing to know that, you know, you, you can have a company as a client you know, oh, okay. it's, it's less dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, it's less dramatic. And um, so I fell in love with company law from that from that time. I remember I used to study company law every single day. Like every time I would go back home, revise the notes. So I would always get distinctions for company law. But then obviously through that, some of my other modules did kind of struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was really amazing for me. Um, and then towards towards the end, I think when when I was getting close to graduation, I would have wanted to do my lawyer training at a nice corporate niche law firm, like a nice big five, Cliff Decker Hoffman or something. Um, but then unfortunately, I didn't get an opportunity to go there, so I had to um, I had to go and do my my articles with the law clinic that um, NMMU was running at the time. And it's LMN. NMMU, Nelson Mandela. Oh, Nelson, Nelson Mandela. Mandela University. Now, at oh, the time, okay. it was Nelson Mandela <laughs> Metropolitan University. Are you exposing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, so for two years, I, I had to practice um, mostly divorce law. Mm. And it was very interesting because in there you have clients and you have drama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a July and I. I'm telling yeah, the you. Oh, <laughs> Stay there. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Oh, it's very interesting dealing with sure. divorce clients. And then how, how was that, uh, the, the divorce law and, and all the stuff? It's, it, look, it's very interesting. It, it, it kind of scars you when it comes to marriage. Like it, it takes you really taking time to unlearn all the things that you learn about how bad marriage is. I remember there was this one... Um, Oh, there was this one court case, right? So basically, this is what happens, right? If you are yeah. married in community of property, it means everything belongs to the couple. You have a joint estate. Um, however, there are some exceptional circumstances where in a divorce case where people are, have been married in community of property, the judge will order that someone forfeits their portion okay. in the joint estate. So it's like uh, the wife can just take a, ho- a house because she has children and something. Or like the that. person gets nothing. Basically, they say, "Look, one person gets everything and the other person gets nothing." But it's it's Ooh. exceptional circumstances, sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think yeah, I, I think it's section nine of the divorce act. I remember it correctly. Mm-hmm. So basically, in the law clinic, how we were how we were di- how how we had our team, we had two um, professional attorneys and then the rest of the team were us trainee attorneys, basically candidate attorneys. So this is a matter that my boss had been preparing for months. 
Okay. And the other, the, the husband, the other party had been um, trying to get forfeiture, had been trying to make sure that his wife walks away with nothing, mm-hmm. right? So, so you guys, were you, were you, were you representing? We were representing the wife. Okay, the wife. The okay, wife, yeah. okay. Um, free, it was yeah, it's, it's free legal services, but um, it's it's good because the the community gets to um, get the legal services. They are they are appropriately supervised. It's not like they just throw you in the in the in, in the pool the where you have end, to yeah. like, you know. Um, so anyway, fine. We're representing the wife, the so husband. You would, so you were doing the litigation. Yes. So for two years litigation and I did not like it. (laughs) I did not like it. Sure, sure. But anyway, um, so uh, now for some reason my boss wasn't able to attend um, the case. So now in my second, I was the only person who was in my second year. Mm -hmm. And they told me that you have to take the case. The other side does not want to postpone. You have to take the case. You have to go and represent this lady. And then the other guy, the husband says... I want her to get nothing. We've been married for four years. There's infidelity. From, from the wife's side. From the wife's side. Okay. And she has not contributed income. So pretty, it's pretty much usually those three factors that they look at. Sure. And this is a married, marriage in community of property. You would think that it would be 50-50. So obviously my boss had prepared. He was ready. And this lady was, was sold on the fact that she's going to walk away with something. So we get there. And... I I was looking like a wet puppy because I'm thinking I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. And the other attorney is a lady who only does divorces in her firm. Nothing else. Nothing, nothing else. So we're going with the master here. <laughs> She's a master, mm-hmm. right? So we get there, we get to the, um, we get to the magistrate's office, and the, and then. The and then, how do you feel in in that situation? Do, do, you, do you kind of like talk? Because um, I, I remember I even mm-hmm. asked the the the, the other gentleman, sure. uh, GK, when he came sure. here, right? That lawyers are like friends. Like when you're working in front of the judge, it's work. But after that, you can just go and talk. And how was the, the relationship with her before and after and during the whole? I think she's so amazing. I I, I look up to her because she sure. showed me flames. <laughs> <laughs> she showed sure. me flames. I look up to her. I think I think that was the day that I learned that litigation is is not necessarily my strength. Okay. Because. Clients are very unpredictable as well. So the long and the short of it is the the lady ended up walking away with nothing. So so if we were to explain it maybe in detail, mm. like how how was it like like you standing there for the first time? Sure. Was was it your first time? No no no, it wasn't. I had I had been to court. I had been to court more than a year before Mm -hmm. that. Um, So in your first year, you can attend to district court which is basically the lower court you can go and do a civil case uh, maybe and you're doing 20, lit- litigation 000. yeah litigation okay. litigation so i had been to court. Oh, by the way litigation for those who don't know but litigation is that process when you speak directly to the judge yeah. and you represent your 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 client, the client yeah. so i didn't know what it was called litigation yeah. so <laughs> just for someone who wants to know what litigation <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's called litigation. Sure. So you actually do litigation in your first year or first year of training after graduate yeah. or first year of training. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Which is first year after graduation. Okay. So you have to go because mm-hmm. how are you going to learn? So sure. in, in our first year of graduation, we do evictions, just the smaller courts. Because the thing is, what I, what I want you to do, right? I want you to finish up with this story. <laughs> then maybe we can just jump, jump backwards cool. to like maybe your first um, litigation. How was it and explaining all of this? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you still explain that. Okay. So, so this. Um, oh, what did I think about this word? This weeping that you got <laughs> from this lady, right? <laughs> how, if you like, uh, describe it in detail. How did that make you feel? Like um, sure. you said, you for you, it's like you're also in, inspired it. Absolutely. So what brought what brought inspiration from it? You can just uh, explain that that part. I think it's it's how she was she was so gracious about it. She wasn't hostile at all, but I knew that I was I was losing it. I was losing the matter. Um, I remember I, I remember there was a time where Maybe to also also explain mm-hmm. um the um, what's the word? 
the character like what kind of a husband was he what kind of a lady was she um just to paint a good a very nice picture yeah, yeah sure yeah. so <laughs> that guy so this guy these these this couple they met i think when they were in high school or something the guy decided to further his education the lady didn't um so he went to i think east london to go study and then he came back and we were based in pe by the way so he came back they got married um the mother-in-law didn't like her but she was doing nothing she wasn't working um she was at home i think she was selling tupperware or something like that and then obviously the guy was and uh, he became a teacher and be- he became like a senior teacher so he his profit and fund was growing nicely he was making an income um he had a house so the husband was doing much better than the lady was but the lady wasn't and um he was relatively hostile like he, he i think at, at some point he started looking down at her i would i would say um because obviously i think i don't know i, I think at some point it, it got to the point where she didn't have much to contribute i just think as a person mm-hmm. irrespective of like the financial side of it just as a person she didn't have much to contribute to this new person that he had become mm-hmm. um so he was not paying attention to her and then someone else paid attention you know you know right mm. so, so that's so, kind of situation <laughs> yeah, yeah so someone else paid attention to her and then um yeah i think he wanted out and he wanted to make her feel pain in in him walking out so uh, he was he was not a great witness it, even i kind of had to like breathe when i was talking to him because it's it's like if i would ask him a question i could feel him like talking down to me as he's answering because now it was time for me to to do um cross examination and he looked at his lawyer as if i i'm not i'm not asking like a valid question so he wasn't a great person mm-hmm. um but he had a great lawyer <laughs> he had sure, a great sure, lawyer sure. and and my client had someone who learned many good lessons on that day yeah yeah um but i think the most interesting part of the story is that i had three of my colleagues um who were also candidate attorneys sitting with me in court it was empty luckily okay it was okay. empty but all of them were sitting there we were just sitting there like puppies and um so now the they, they're just about to grant the order and so i just requested that they because he was actually paying maintenance for her mm-hmm. she moved out and he was paying maintenance for her sure so i so just as they're finishing up i just made a prayer we we'll call it a prayer i made a prayer mm-hmm. that he at least pays maintenance for 6 to 12 months for a period of 6 to 12 months just as she's adjusting to the situation and then this is something that this other attorney had not mentioned um in her closing arguments and all of that but then she objected to it. she's like there's absolutely no way and then obviously <laughs> obviously i gave her a good reminder but um i lost that case like it was a complete blunder mm-hmm. my client walked away with nothing they granted forfeiture and I think that's why I even remember that it's section 9 of the divorce act because it it was it was beautifully done I think. Mm. So in that case um mm. where 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 you uh, this is not to to bash on your right or oh. anything right. In a case where you are put into a situation like that you are a junior and you're working with someone who's so good with that doesn't that guarantee like a loss in a sense absolutely that does it it does and then how does that affect your your the client, the client? because now look it 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 was relatively malicious i think what i did actually forget to mention is when we entered into the office right mm-hmm. with the with the magistrate the other attorney offered they said they're offering a particular amount so that settling can, so that we can settle this matter so sure. i was like can you allow me to go and present this amount to my mm-hmm. client so i went and i spoke to her and i said ma'am um, can you disclose it the amount mm-hmm. <laughs> um sure i think i can okay yeah, sure i think i can um yeah so i think the guy had around 500,000 rand in his um provident fund or whatever so he offered her 200 He okay. offered her 200k. Sure. Which is almost half. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, I mean that's not all of his assets, mm-hmm. but because 
the client had not our client had literally she should not worked mm-hmm. the only thing she'd ever done was to marry him unfortunately mm-hmm. um so i spoke to her then she said no i was told that i'm going to get 50% so i said to her ma'am um this is what they're asking for and this is why they're asking for it in when i looked at your file i wasn't able to see um i was not able to see anything that shows that you've contributed we've got a short period of marriage here and there's allegations of infidelity, infidelity yeah. and there's there's sms's that were like printed and put in the file my god you know? so there was evidence <laughs> there was evidence oh my god you know so i had spoken to her about that and then she had said that no your boss said i'm going to get 50%. Obviously i i don't doubt that my boss would have most probably been able it, to do that. But yeah. i believe my boss would have been able to settle or or to get her to settle, right? So so to, which is what you're also trying to push. Yeah. So okay. that's that's what they offered, right? And then she was like no. So if we were trying to, to like uh um chop it down between me and you right? <laughs> was that great uh, on her side no it wasn't yeah no, it why why do you say that it wasn't man i i think that she it, it was just an unfortunate situation she could have done better with the 200k but i'm not really sure what with the discussions that she would have had with my boss to make her believe so much that she was going to get 50%. Because mm-hmm. it's only what uh 500 250,000 so different of the provident fund except the other assets. But I mean the other assets she didn't really Oh, so was it 50 of It was 500k of the provident fund and then there was a house and a car. So she, so your boss uh, at the time promised 50% of everything. Which is basically that's I, what community of property is yes it's yes. what the law is mm. um i i believe i i know i know my boss i know he would not necessarily promise something that he would not deliver mm-hmm. i just think it was an unfortunate situation but i learned <laughs> you learned a lot <laughs> yeah I, i mean i mean it's it's, it's quite interesting that uh, my my case would either let's say for example if i'm going to a company mm-hmm. and i say okay this is what the, my situation like this mm-hmm. and if the defendants or i don't know who's the attacker so what do they call them prosecutor plaintiff. prosecutor and prosecutor is in the other podcast the other... we had here it's plaintiff <laughs> plaintiff <laughs> <laughs> oh interesting stuff so it's plaintiff right yeah. okay so that way at least you you'd think probably they'll get they'll come out with um, if if i have a good lawyer then in that case it makes sense okay then good lawyers can get you absolutely okay absolutely it's very interesting so when you say you were inspired now let's say we're just trying to close it so what what really inspired you from that look i think i think with with that lady is she found one thing that she was good at and she focused on it and she did not compromise you know i have nothing against people that are we call them gps general practitioners they do all of those things i have nothing against them but i think it's very important to find your niche and excel in it especially as a legal practitioner because you want to provide the most um going to be like expect yeah, in it yeah, yeah the most the, the best service you want to provide the best service so if you are a divorce lawyer you're going to focus your time only on doing research on divorce matters and you can truly um sharpen that skill mm. so for me it was like it's not litigation it's not divorce law so, so, so it was it you were thrown into the lions den i was and it the, was nice i came out lion, alive and the lions were not they, they were not shut the yeah. mouth was not shut yeah. i came out alive i think to be honest with you one of the things that i can truly I, i i i patted myself on the back because i stood there i didn't i didn't run away i stood there mm. it was hot but i stood there yeah it was really hot i stood there and yeah so it's it's one of the lessons that i learned that in my life if it's hot i stand i don't go sure that's very that's very, <laughs> <laughs> that's very beautiful yeah, so, so let's let's go back to your first litigation i think i'll i'll just uh, from sure. here I'll also still go back on because i want you to just give some light in terms of cool. how law works law school work mm-hmm. and then just mm-hmm. chop it down as well so that this can help someone who's trying to yeah. get to where you're going so how was your first um uh, litigation 
and and is it something that you're looking forward to like it's like it's like okay yeah yeah yes. this is what i've been look, waiting yes, for yes. are you excited or are you nervous so how was that like I, I'd, I'd say half and half and also just explain the case that you were working on and all the, the for detail this, yes for my first litigation yes it was an eviction okay and okay. i actually won it <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice i got nice. some wins along the way sure sure um yeah so basically a candidate attorney cannot go to court without a right of appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it a dump pass, but it's a right of appearance. Sure. So once you register yourself with the body that is um, basically regulating legal practitioners, practitioners in South Africa, you get your right of appearance that says this person is under this professional attorney. They are functioning in this particular institution and they have... Um, appearance for this particular court so evictions can be heard at district court so basically evictions are one of the worst types of cases you can have in south africa um it's okay let me just quickly touch base on eviction law as a concept right sure um eviction law is difficult because it basically says to the owner of the property we have hoops for you to jump through in order to have access to your property Okay. Literally, that's what it says. And it's very difficult because you have to issue papers in three languages and you have to, if, if you are dealing with kids and old people, you have to be part of the process of ensuring that these, these people will have alternative accommodation. But it's my property. What about my rights? Do you see what I mean? Cool. Got an eviction case. I've got my right of appearance laminated. Mm, <laughs> then, mm, mm. So fine. Um, I went through the papers, and the beauty of it is that it was um, it was an application and not an action. So it wasn't a trial. So application is basically the fight is in the papers. Trial, the fight is in front of the judge. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that's the difference. So it was an eviction matter. So we'd already done the back and forth fighting of, of with this with this situation. So what was the situation of, like? Or was was being evicted? Evicted. Okay. So my clients um, had gotten a government house, but then for some reason, it's like RDP. RDP. Okay, sure. For some reason, the municipality reallocated the house to someone else because I think my clients hadn't picked up their phone maybe three times, so they reallocated the house to someone else. Now there's a title deed. Um, that obviously belongs to my clients. My clients can't get another house because on the system it shows that they've already been allocated a house, mm. but then someone else is living in their house for years, for about 12 years at the time I got the case, they'd been living in that house. Cool. And they went to the people to say, Moloeni, look, guys, this is our house. Can we try and handle it amicably? Yeah, 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 next month. Yeah, 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 next year. Give us some time, give us some time. But that wasn't working. So they decided, you know what? Let's bring in the lawyers. They come to the law clinic where I worked. They had the papers drafted. I took over the case after the first papers were served. So it was basically a notice to say, you are being evicted from this house, move out on this date, or we'll continue to... Um, to take the matter further, right? People didn't move out. Papers were served. We did. We did a back and forth on 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 the on the papers because this is an application proceeding, and the bottom line for us and my clients was that this is our property. You are staying in it without um, authorization. You need to move out. We've given you more than enough time. This case has been going on for many years. So we get to court and... So they also have the defendant lawyer. Yes. They were using legal aid. So yeah, mm. so legal aid was sort of... <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. If you're working for legal aid, I'm sorry. But legal aid were kind of the easy kids to beat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah, they were kind of... They were easy to beat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, legal aid were the defense. Um, so, so we were the applicants and they were the respondents. Sure, so in application sure. proceedings, you have applicant and respondent. Sure. We get there and we get there. I present my case quickly. Um, the papers have been served. Your worship, here we are. The, my client is the owner as it is um, clearly stipulated in this exhibit. I thank you. Then the other guy gets up and he's talking back and forth. He was saying things like, um, the community doesn't want those guys to live there because this they, these guys need the house and all of that. Um, and then, so basically the, the, the presiding officer at the time, the magistrate basically said, all the things that I would need to grant this order have been met. 
so I'm going to grant the order. Um, may you please move out on the end, at the end of this month. And then they left. So they left and then we were left behind. And I was just telling my clients that, no, it's fine. We're going to talk to the sheriff to go and execute the order, um, get the people out and all of that. So the magistrate actually came and he said to me that you might have won here, but it's very difficult. There's a high possibility that they're not going to move out still. This is what happens in eviction cases. You can win here in court, but then there's a whole other process of actually getting the people out. Out, yeah. Which is which is very difficult. So do you do you, do you involve police or? Absolutely. So you start with the sheriff, and then if things get how does sheriff out, work? Because I think the sheriff I've only seen that like in American movies. So. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. Yeah. So okay. a sheriff is basically is a court official. Um, a sheriff is the person that's authorized to serve mm-hmm. um, court documents or to execute court judgments. Okay. So if A is divorcing B, it's not necessarily a good idea for A to serve the divorce papers on B, irrespective of what happens on Movango. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be the sheriff that serves the sure, papers sure. so that they can confirm that B was served with these court documents on a particular date. Mm, the way suits comes in. Because that's important. Sure, sure. I don't like suits. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why, because you're, like you're not the only lawyer. You're not the only lawyer who said it. I think the previous lawyer was like, no, I don't like suits, yeah. Yeah, and what was your reason behind not liking suits? They romanticize it. It's, okay. it's not that fabulous. It's real life. Okay, guys, uh, go watch suits. <laughs> Leave these lawyers alone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So you're saying that uh, so the sheriff is the one who actually goes and uh, and issues that that uh, thing. Yeah, they serve the papers. Yes, the yeah. papers. Yes. Also, oh, okay. So, so in that case, in your case. Did they actually move out or was it tough? Interestingly enough, um, by the time I left um, the law clinic, I, by the time I left, I had just sent the papers to the sheriff. Because um, these things, they are, <laughs> they are very tricky. Sure. Because, I, because the order was granted and they were given time and they didn't move out. Mm-hmm. So now we have to get another order and they didn't move out. So now we have to serve the papers on the shelf for them to make them move out. So it was a bit of a long, unnecessary process, but I had just sent the papers to the sheriff and I left one of my friends there and I asked her, I think it was probably a month or two ago, we were just laughing and catching up and I asked her what happened to this case. Sure. She told me they had to sell the house because the people were not moving, which is... A whole other drama on its own. They had to sell the house because the people were not moving. It was becoming hostile and now the neighbors were also getting involved. Sure, sure. Not wanting their neighbors to be kicked out of the house. Mm. South African law here. Interesting stuff. Uh, by the way, that's love for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why corporate. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting stuff. I, I like that. I like that uh, in terms of uh, how you, you, you we're different people. But we are so much good at different stuff. Mm. Like if if I were to sit you down here, you like you can just chop uh, corporate law, which we're gonna get to right yes. in and out, right? <laughs> Same thing with me, engineering. We can just I can I, I can explain like certain sure. things, and you're sure. like, oh, okay, interesting. Like uh, sitting down with the doctor, like these are different people who have different skills, absolutely, and that are making the world go round in yeah. a sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just a beautiful sight just to think about, uh, right? And then just going back to your studies, what makes you come out as a graduate? Because I think probably someone is studying now law and the culture shock, whether it be culture shock of what law is, they feel like, sure. okay, this is not basically what I want to do. Mm. What makes you go out on the other end of, of, uh, and graduate? Well, yeah. How did you do it in your personal story? I'd say sacrifice. You know, um, I sacrificed so many things in university. I'm not going to say I wouldn't go for a picnic or I wouldn't go to spur, but most most of the things that I could have enjoyed in varsity, I, I didn't. Um, I barely slept. I, I wouldn't, I, 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 I barely slept. So it's, there's, there's like, if, if you can imagine three three circles right three circles you'll have study you have play and you have sleep you can only choose two 
Okay. If you play and you sleep, then you don't study, you're going to fail. Sure, sure. So there's only, there's only two of those circles um, that you can have. So if you mm. want to play and study, then that means you don't sleep. So for me, it was sacrificed. I sacrificed um, friendships. I sacrificed relationships. I sacrificed sleep. Um, I sacrificed just enjoying myself. So most of, most of my varsity life had to do with me sitting and studying, unfortunately. Mm. Um, that's what it means to, to be an attorney or a legal practitioner of any nature. We do not stop reading. Uh, you never stop reading. Even in your profession, you have to sit and you have to read. You have to proofread the work that you've just typed now. Um, so it's it's all about sacrifice, I would say. I, I, would, I, would, I would say that that's a recurring theme with, uh, <laughs> with the lawyers. Because even the, the GK, let me, I, should sure. stop, I should stop calling the guy. Even GK, when cool. he came here, GK Mklanga, he's a, he's a lawyer as well. He, mm. he says, he talks about the same thing. That no man, this thing is like, like a lot. Because I think right now he's doing his people age. Oh, nice. People age in the bar. He talked about the nice, bar and all nice. the stuff. Yeah. And the way he explains it is even work is a lot of reading, it's a lot of mm. all of those things. And yeah. after work, you kind of like you have work because you have to prepare for the following day yes. for the next case and yes. all the stuff. So uh, for someone who doesn't know about the kind of sacrifice that you need to put in, mm. Before you get into law, uh, what 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 kind of um, uh, advice will you give them? Okay, this is what you're gonna be doing. This is gonna be your life. So just explaining like what your life looks like as a student. Then we can just jump into your, your the corporate side. Yeah, I think. Um don't you, I, I never ran out of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I never ran out of coffee. Sure. So um, basically. Being, being a law student and being a legal practitioner altogether, you know, I think the beauty about our profession is that some of the qualities that we used in varsity, we can still use them now. You pre-prepare and you revise. Pre-prepare and revise, especially if you are not English or African speaking. The work is not in your home language. So you, you obviously know um, the course layout is going to be provided that, okay, fine, for this term, we're focusing on damages. You know that, okay, fine, let me pre-prepare and revise, pre-prepare and revise. So the work needs to continuously be in your in your mind, basically. Mm. I sound like I'm preaching, right? Yeah, the work needs to continuously be in your mind, you know. Um, pre-prepare sit down, read the work, see what specific questions you'll have in your mind because at the end of the day, you need to understand the work in a way that you can also explain it to someone else. Sure. You know? Um, try simplify it, pre-prepare, revise. Pre-prepare, revise. That's, that's what I can say, you know? Uh, I never ran out of coffee and... Um, so this is to keep you awake. <laughs> yeah, to keep, to keep sure. me awake. I never sure. ran out of coffee and don't don't be afraid to be alone as a law student you know um some some of our work requires group work and all of that but there's a certain there's a certain necessity of just solitude that is required for our profession silence is required for our profession you need to sit down and read and you can't be talking to people all the time you need to sit down and read yeah, so switch of your Call this notifications and all the stuff of your life, mm. your whole life. She said, Life, <laughs> <laughs> your nice. whole life. And, yeah. um, I think also most importantly is character wise, I would say, you know, character wise, it, it can, it gets very emotional, um, because the work can be overwhelming. You need to know five cases for the law of delict, and then there's a different set of five cases for the law of contract. And there's another different law of case. There's another different set of cases for another uh, module. It can be overwhelming, but you kind of need to have the character of, I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna quit. Just keep waking up. Just keep, just keep waking up. That's that's what I can say to a person that's gonna study law. Like you, you have to go in knowing that it's gonna be hard. It's not gonna be easy. You're gonna lose some friends. You're gonna lose relationships, and you're gonna need to like being alone. 
because that's when you can actually get the best of your study time unfortunately uh, uh, it sounds like law is difficult more than engineering eh? <laughs> i don't think so really <laughs> i highly doubt it it could be because i'm used to the legal profession because i always maybe it's because of your love but I, I don't i don't see myself uh studying that hard really? um I, I i used to study hard but I don't think to that extent. Uh, no, <laughs> no ways. <laughs> but I, th- I think maybe just to to sum up, I, th- I think the one thing that I liked uh, the some of the things that you mentioned there was the three circles. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah, choose two. Just to choose two. <laughs> you can't have. <laughs> you can have all three. And which is which is a very good thing to at least finish your work right mm. as, a, as as a student right. Yeah. So. Um, so some of the, the the things that I like asking is to at least help both a student and also someone who's actually starting work yes. as at the corporate. So I think yeah, we kind of yeah. like um, touched on that, right? So I I just want to go just before study. You said you were working as a as a waitress. Waitress. Yeah. So how was how was that like the the transition? What what inspired you to want to change and what got you to work for seven years? Because seven years is a lot of years. <laughs> yeah. Simple money. <laughs> I like money. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I started working at the age of 14. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was 14. And it's because I wanted a pair of Puma Takis. And my mom said, I'm not going to buy those. If you want them, you're going to go get a job. Then I started working from then. And then I just became someone who loved um just working and making money especially. I enjoyed meeting different people. I was working for a Portuguese restaurant and I would meet people from outside of South Africa. I've got this other couple from Canada that I kind of still talk to. So it's, it's, it was a very nice exposure to, to the world basically mm. for me because I'm stuck in a small town but I'm meeting people from Joburg, Canada, France, Portugal and all of that. Sure. Um, so, I mean, with, with waitressing... I, Did you say Portugal? Yeah, Portugal. Is the company that you're working for a Portugal, Portuguese? No, no, it's Spanish. Oh, Spanish. <laughs> I was like, what? I work for a Spanish company. Okay, okay, interesting. I love Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Sure, sure, sure. I was like, okay, wait, what's happening here? So, okay, you can continue, yeah. Yeah, so I would say... So, look, in, in waitressing, you need to know the menu. You need to know how to explain which wine goes with what type of food so for me it's not necessarily a difference but it's more like a level up it, it, it seemed more like a level up because it it's I, I believe that it can be very complex for a young girl who's growing up in a small town to understand pellets and um you see i forgot some other terms that they use for sure, it's like sure. a pellet and then what coating the glass and all of those mm, things mm, so mm. for me to understand those things and then now you have to explain them to a client you have to kind of draw a picture of that experience that they're gonna have when they have the food with this particular wine and then for me coming into the legal profession because you have so many sources that can be all over the place but you need to combine everything and bring it into one make it make sense mm-hmm. this is the legal question this is the law this is the case and this is the conclusion so for me it was more of a level up rather than a transition i mm-hmm. think my my waitressing experience is actually one of the one of the best things that i have one of the best qualities that i have for the profession now Mm. Yeah, I would say. I think it's beautiful because uh, I think uh, that lifestyle is not really prevalent uh, amongst. I, I, I'm not speaking uh, out of stats. It's just uh, <laughs> for those who are about to to judge this statement I'm about to make. <laughs> so, 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 I think it's not prevalent amongst black children. Uh, Absolutely. In the sense that okay, working, yeah. okay, go work. Uh, do a day job so, so, so after mm. school you go and work mm. and you come back home and I think so you're saying that the both the best that you have learned besides relating it to your work sure. how did it also help you generally in terms of what we're doing the, that, the job for this seven years I think <laughs> I, I think working working at that restaurant like it's that's when I like started just having a, a connection with people from Europe I don't know it's like everywhere like wherever, wherever I am I have to have people from Europe just around in my life um, but you know it it's 
it made it not scary to be in a place where there's a few a, a bunch of white males sure you know um because when when i was a, when i became a waitress um when i became a waitress so i was a runner for a year, for one season one december season and then the following one i became a waitress what, what is a runner a runner <laughs> runner is like a non waitress i'm joking a runner <laughs> a runner is a waitress's assistant so a runner will clean up after the waitress they okay. make sure that the waitress has the cutlery so we have to check okay fine this table is going to have this kind of food so they need they need fish knives they need steak knives is the ashtray cleared are the glasses empty so that's what a runner does so you just like kind of like a skivvy for a waitress but i was there for one december season and then the next season i became a waitress so for me how waitressing has helped me is that generally where i come from plate is a small town um it's like it's it's got surfers and all of that um you don't get to see a you don't get to see a black empowered person sorry for saying that no. you don't get to see a black empowered person you know um so i was working with a few surfer guys it was a bunch it was like about six six white males literally mm-hmm. six white males two colored guys and one black guy that was the waitressing team so for me to actually be on the same level as those guys is something that has helped me now to be in the spaces that I'm in because now I can be in a boardroom with people that don't necessarily look like me and it doesn't feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know so it helped me with that as well it helped me understand that you know what people are just people mm, that's very beautiful it, there's a way that uh, for those who believe in god for those who believe in the universe that it sets you up for where you want mm. to be it's mm. like uh, everything that for for me in a christian point of view is yes. everything works together for the good 100% so because you you are you are at this place like all encounters that you're going to have mm. in your life they are going to be turned around to sure. to inform your future in a exactly. sense and also speak to your future as yeah. well i think it's a beautiful thing to yeah. to find find because now you you know it it has made it easier for you to to be in a room yeah or in a boardroom uh, i think uh, ch- 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 is a big shot by the way so <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> wow <laughs> she's a big shot so we're going to get into corporate law now right um so what do you do Uh, in corporate law i think you've you've explained it um in a in a yeah, sense in the, the beginning yes the concept here yeah. yeah. so what are you doing at your work day to day now so i am a legal advisor and basically um i'm going to be making jokes now and again so i'm a legal <laughs> advisor i i call myself the buzzkill mm-hmm. of the company sure. so this is the thing in 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 my company you have accountants you have engineers and you have hr and you have lawyers right so there's going to be a particular decision that um any of these other departments want to make so one of the most important things for me to do is to look at that decision sense check it and see whether and see what are the risks what are the legal risks of that decision and then i advise the people that are intending to make that decision as to whether or not it's a good legal decision or it's a bad legal decision so that's the most important thing i do so decisions that are material to the company they have to come via me i fact check I do a legal opinion guys we can do this guys we should not do this or if we do this let's rather consider this um can we get an expert legal opinion on this can I can I ask that we get an expert legal opinion on this because I believe that we don't really understand all of the consequences that can come from it so that's that's the work that I I do okay so maybe bringing it bring in a scenario maybe just paint a scenario in terms of this is what you're doing um that's if you can disclose some of the stuff but without giving too much information so maybe just give me like in terms of a scenario okay let's say maybe like you were saying because i see now you're too you're speaking i could hear what you're saying but it feels like it was in quotes it's very vague <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah yeah mm-hmm. so maybe just try to paint without having to giving away too much cool. and yeah cool yeah so basically okay in in the corporate space right you have a company um we're going to call it ABC PTY LTD. Sure. ABC PTY LTD has its own 
legal existence. It is its own separate identity. However, ABC cannot act for itself. So ABC cannot hire people in itself and things of that nature. So what ABC does is it has directors. So these directors are going to be the officers that are acting for this this ABC is going to be um, using the directors as its officials and they're going to be acting on its behalf, right? Cool. That's, we'll put that aside. Yeah. Then ABC PTY LTD is also owned by someone or some people. It might be the same people as the directors, but let's say for this example or for this story, hashtag, <laughs> for this story, it's owned by a different set of people, sure. right? These are the shareholders, right? So ABC PTY LTD, there's specific decisions that shareholders can make and there's specific decisions that directors can make. So cool. Um, one of the managers of ABC um, says, "Guys, I found this amazing deal. We're going to be saving, or we're going to be saving twenty percent on this big contract for the next five years. We were going to pay two million, but now we're paying so much less. Let's sign it." So the manager is going to come to me. And they're going to talk to the directors and say, okay, look, we've got this decision. We need to make it. It's a good decision on, based on paper, right? Um, but then I go through the, I will, I will call them constitutional documents. So I went through, okay, this is a story. I went through the constitutional documents mm -hmm. of ABC, and I found that this particular decision needs to be made by the shareholders, Oh, okay. Not the, Not the directors, okay, okay. Which therefore means that the people that now have access to the information and the decision are not in a place to make a decision. Okay. They, the decision has has to be make sorry has to be made by the shareholders, and then they give the directors the go ahead to say, okay, fine, you guys can sign, you can act on our behalf. Cool. The problem is that there was a specific delay. This is still a very good deal. Sure. It's in the best interests of the company for, for them to sign this. Fine. Now, the shareholders were sort of delaying and giving their approval because there's specific procedures in place. It has to go approval there, approval there, approval there. Mm. So what happened? One of my directors called an urgent meeting. He's like, we are signing. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, guys, we, we're not allowed to sign because we haven't gotten the approval that we need for this particular decision. And they're like, no, we're signing. Mm -hmm. They signed. Okay. And then after signing, they said, please prepare a legal opinion for us to, um, to make sure that this decision um, doesn't necessarily lend us in trouble, right? So basically, the true nature of, of a director's duty is that the director must always be acting in the best interest of the company. Mm -hmm. We said this is a good deal. Mm -hmm. This is a good contract, mm -hmm. right? And the company is saving money for five years. But they haven't gotten the approval. From so the in, in, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of factually, factually it makes sense. But procedurally, it's not correct. Mm. So I sat down and I had to draft a legal opinion in terms of which I needed to make sure that in as much as these guys acted, obviously it's not me changing things, but I needed to look for the right information, the right cases to present now to the shareholders and say, let's not penalize these guys, number one. Um, these are the cases. It's happened before. So what, what we ended up doing there is that because this decision was in the best interest of the company in as much as they kind of jumped the they actually fully fully fledged they jumped the gun it was still in the best interest of the company the shareholders were able to ratify the decision which is basically approving something that has already been done like approving a step that had already been taken mm -hmm. so it's, it's something of that nature so i had to sit down now and i had to say okay fine these are the facts. What's happening? These are the facts. It was supposed to happen like this. It didn't happen that way. How can we bring it back to compliance? Let mm -hmm. me call. Yeah. So we were we acted out of compliance, but my, now my work was to say how can we bring it back to compliance? So in a nutshell, uh, just to understand what you do, right? Is 
you make sure that the company does things which they won't lend themselves in hot water mm. and vice versa. Yeah. Them giving someone else money or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And if, 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 we, if we end up crossing the line, I need to... Find a way. Yeah, I need to just... We need. It's not. It's not. It's not shady. It's not underhanded. But look, the law is black and white. But there are some gray areas. Mm. That's why we need lawyers. If the law was black and white, then people would be able to function. Sure. But there's gray areas. That's why we need lawyers so that we can realign. So we had to just. We had to do an additional process now, mm. which was to ratify the decision. So the shareholders were saying that. So in those documents, it was like properly stated that these guys have done this. They've signed this agreement on this day without our approval. We agree that it was in the best interest of the company. The only reason why um, we had not yet approved was because of specific delays. And now that decision has been regularized, I'd say. So mm. it's something, it's, it's things like that, you know. Because directors are seeing like, guys, let's get it done. Let's do it. It's money. It's a good contract. And, and really, it's their duty to do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, guys, no, wait. And then they were like, no, we don't have time. We're going across. So now I still have to come in now and kind of like put everyone together and, and say this, this let's, let's regularize the decision. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty much more or less something like that. I've had to... Um, so if a company... PTY, PTY, sorry, ABC, PTY, LTD again. Mm -hmm. So a company has authorized shares and they have issued shares. Authorized shares is the amount that they are legally allowed to issue out. Okay. Issued shares are the ones they've issued. So I think three or four of my companies, I've got around 13 companies that, I, that I'm managing. So about three or four of them had... I think just because of administration, they had issued shares that are above their authorized shares. It's not as easy as just correcting it. There's like legal procedures in place. We have to sign resolutions. We have to talk to shareholders and say, okay, this is They've what we are doing. They've given you too much money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> huh? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. So we mm. had to do we had to do a whole regularization process of explaining to the shareholders that first of all, we need to amend the MOI. We need to give the company more capacity. Mm to issue the shares. Mm. We've issued a thousand, but the company only has 500 capacity. Mm -hmm. So we need to increase the capacity, which is amending yeah. the whole um, mm. constitutional documents. It's, yeah, it's... It, it's it sounds very interesting. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that something, um, I wanted to say something that I would do, but yeah, it's definitely something that I would like to do. Really? Uh, yeah, just working around with like different companies and... It's, it's uh, great. Yeah, it sounds, great. sounds like a very yeah. fun... Um, like work, work when you, when it's being described by someone, it, it sounds like oh yeah, it looks like yeah, <laughs> I can come up with some words and <laughs> but yeah, when it's you get great. in there, you <laughs> so um, I think since uh, we both know that uh, half past is about to hit now, so maybe um, run through. Let's talk to you about your work, um, your okay. your consulting company right so at least oh, i think we'll, i think it will be better to just at least finish with that sure. then if when we can whenever we get our chance then we can just also bring other stuff Great. so uh how's how what is your company about and what do you do yeah so Neha consolidated consulting um incorporated in 2018 we are a business consulting company i'll say um i mainly offer secretarial services Secretarial services is not necessarily PA, but secretarial services is a portion of the work that I already do. So it would be to administer the director's decisions, administer the shareholders' decisions. Um, it would be to... I don't really register companies anymore because now it's a self-service portal. You can just do it yourself. Okay. But it would be to... If, if one company wants to sell shares to other people, we handle that process for you. We transfer the shares for you. Uh, we draft the shareholders' agreements. So we handle things of that nature as well. And we also handle uh, company tribunal administration as well. If a person has an application with the company tribunal, uh, unfortunately... What is tribunal? So, <laughs> so 
I'm going to try and be quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. We'll, we'll make it, we'll make it. I'll yeah. try and be quick. So basically, Companies Tribunal is the forum or the place where a person can go if they believe that there are specific regulations in the Companies Act that are not fair for their business. Mm. Um, so one of my clients actually... One of my clients, I had like, yeah, I had three clients which were similar, and all three of them were required to have a social, eth- social and ethics committee. Social and ethics committee is basically a committee that ensures that a company's social um, citizenship is up, is in order. Are they doing community outreach programs, programs and things of that nature? Right. So fine, and um, so all of them were required to do that. These are companies that are identical. So one of my, my, my main argument was that these companies are working for the government. They don't have any other customers. And because they're working for the government, the government has said that this is the percentage of the profits that must go to the community. So the social, the social what is it? The social existence or the social citizenship of this company is taken care of. We don't need an additional committee that's going to sit for long meetings because it's clear the government has said this percentage of the profit must go to the community so we don't need to carry that out. The weird thing is that of these three companies, identical. Literally identical. Mm -hmm. Two were given an exemption by the company's tribunal and one wasn't. So I had to go back and reapply and say, we don't understand how it is that one passed and then the one failed and the other two passed. Mm. So the company's tribunal is like, it's a court mm-hmm. to an extent for the company's act where you say, these regulations are unfair because of A, B, and C. They shouldn't apply to this company. So mm. we also handle that at, at Ngaicha Concon. And um, we are coming very, very close to doing BE verifications. Um, BE verifications is what we will do for companies that make more than 10 million per year. Obviously, the ones that make less will be able to get an, an affidavit. People who need to know this know this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yes, so, speak to your people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, we're in the process of getting that out, basically just to ensure that pe- companies that want to work with the state um, have their BE certificates up to date. We also do consumer data cons, what is it csd consumer Consum- debt support yeah consu- consumer supplier wait state consumer supplier data database basically the companies that are working with the government have to be on a specific platform so we help companies that want to tender to the government register on csd central supplier database yes okay so we help them register there and yeah, I mean, I do have a company that I outsource to when it comes to tax matters, because I don't do tax matters. I'm not going to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have a, co- a, a guy that I, I, I think I outsource you work with, to. Yeah, yeah. I outsource collaboration. To. Yeah. So that's what we do at Neha Konkon. It's, it's, yeah, it's my baby. It's a growing baby. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then there's money there? Yes, there is. I've got one constant client i mean it's not millions but it's mm-hmm. money it's mm-hmm. something yeah it's something um i've got one very good client um they are in organic peanut butter and um they've been doing quite a lot of work so i've been drafting contracts like crazy not sleeping but that's who i am so it's 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 it works it gets there um and there's a lot of you know what i like about Nacho con con is that it it simplifies business solutions you know it simplifies business solutions. My logo is Smart Business Solutions. Mm-hmm. It's, it simplifies business solutions because there's a lot of young people that want to enter into business and they want to make sure that in their collaborations, each, each one of their rights is protected. And I don't think they should go to an attorney and pay a lot of money when they can get smart, simple business solutions from me. So there's, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of collaborations. There's been a lot of um, joint ventures um, so it's it's okay. We're mm. doing okay. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I think maybe the last question that I, before we close, right, is sure. how do you set up yourself so that you get money, good money, as you're working? Because uh, for for me, I always want to talk about the conversation about money because sometimes I don't know how lawyers feel when they get to work. Like, do you get money? Like, yeah, this 
this is what I need to get. You understand? But most engineers that I know, some mm-hmm. of them, they're like, I know. You don't want to talk about money. No, 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 they not necessarily not talk about money, but the money that you get, you thought it's not even close to what you thought you want to have. So how do you set yourself... Salary-wise. Salary-wise, yes. So how do you set yourself up Uh, in order to get the most out of uh, maybe corporate law? Or if you can touch about basically everything, you can also do that in one minute. One minute. Hectic. So, look, to be honest with you, when I took my... When I accepted this job... Um, with this company that I work for, I was overqualified. But I worked myself silly. I worked myself silly. I made myself an asset. I became one of the most valuable team members. And from there, so for me, it was about building work ethic and making sure that everyone knows my work ethic. If it's a contract and it's required at 10 p.m., it's coming. There's, I, I didn't have human rights there. I didn't care that you know, my labor rights and all of that, they are being unfair. I didn't care about that because at that time I was building my work ethic. So if you are entering the profession, any profession, build work ethic, be the most valuable team member and anyone will be willing to pay you your worth. I oh. only had to do one um, salary increase conversation in my career. Yeah. One. Wow. Oh, with that said, uh, thank you so much, Chichi. Um, thank you, uh, it was it was really nice. <laughs> I, I learned a lot. Um, I, I was I'm usually I'm usually with Chichi two times in a week, <laughs> so we never get a chance to talk about something like this. So yeah. um, I'm cool. very happy for you. Lastly, what do you want to say to the people? What do I want to say to the people? Okay, if there's any young people who are thinking that there's something that is maybe awesome or spectacular about what I've done, there isn't. My point and my main objective, guys, is to just let you know that it takes you deciding and doing it, and you can do it. There's absolutely nothing special about me. I was fortunate, and I believe that I'm just a person who decided to capitalize on my opportunities, and that is how I've ended up where I am. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> that was Chichi, guys. Um, uh, you heard what she does. Um, she is Gaira Conkor. Managing director. Of <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, guys, if you want any uh, professional um, legal uh, advice, sure. talk to her. Sure. And I think, uh, I don't know, what, what is the best way to com- communicate with you? Email or direct yeah. number? Email info at. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the description below. Okay. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna uh, it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, keep well and uh, God bless you. Thank you. Same to you, buddy. Thank Toodles. you so much. Toodles.